We are back with the Stay in the Game podcast, and I am your host, Trevor Field, physical therapist and owner of Form and Function Physical Therapy in Rancho Cucamonga, California. Uh, Welcome to the program, guys. We've got a great one. Uh, Can't wait for you guys to hear and listen in to the interview I did with a physical therapist colleague of mine on the Gulf Coast of Florida, Uh, a golf specialist, Dr. Jake Berman. Uh, If you're an avid golfer, have had some issues with your joints, your back, your otherwise, uh, this is your guy because the Gulf Coast of Florida has probably the highest concentration of 50 and 60 plus uh, retired golfers, super active, want to swing for a lifetime. So even if you're not 50 plus, 60 plus, it's at least uh, a great idea for you to listen in and kind of get a head start on taking care of your body before you get to the point of having to seek out some help. So some great tips and tricks uh, from Dr. Jake uh, over at his office. So listen into that, but, uh, welcome once again to the program. Uh, really happy to have you. Um, hope you, uh, have been enjoying the podcast. Really want to get some feedback from you guys. If you have any, um, uh, ideas, questions, things that we need to address that have been burning in your mind and really want to ask a physical therapist, uh, here's your opportunity. It's uh, a great way because if you've got that question, the likelihood is that uh, everybody else has that question too. So uh, feel free and uh, shoot out through whatever method you can get a hold of me. Uh, Email, you can uh, text, you can uh, reach out. So if, uh, if you have questions, we want to hear about them so we can help you guys uh, the way you want to be helped. So a whole, whole heck of a lot's been going on in the uh, clinic and uh, it's, it's been odd, you know, things tend to come uh, in stages, you know, when, when people pass away, they say they pass away in threes. Well, I swear when I see a knee, knees come in threes, backs come in threes, surgical cases come in threes. And the thing that has been coming through uh, really over and over and over again in the office is really complex chronic issues. People who claim that they've been everywhere, tried everything, uh, the medical community has let them down, that they think they've got a psychological problem and not a physical problem. Uh, These complex issues that they've had every imaging study in the world, seen every specialist in the world, tried X, Y, and Z that have found their way to my clinic. So uh, if you're dealing with uh, some of these kind of issues or know somebody who's uh, when you start talking about their, their issues and inevitably when you've got these chronic pain issues or people who have been suffering for a prolonged period of time, that becomes the center of their world. So, you know, that person is so like focused on this health condition that they're dealing with. It's all they talk about. It's the center of their world. Send them our way because I, I swear there's, so many simple things that can be done that are just so easily missed by most of the medical community that can make a massive impact in these people's lives. So we'd really uh, appreciate uh, you pointing them our direction. If it's you, if you're the one suffering and you may be even considering that you're, you're out of the region. Hey, look, people will travel to find the people that will solve their problem. Uh, I had a patient recently uh, this week mention that they're taking off uh, for a vacation to Redding, California, about eight and a half hours away. And uh, what I had told her is like, oh, I had a, a patient many years ago from Redding. They would take a three and a half hour drive to San Francisco, jump on a plane and come down. He was a student athlete dealing with a pretty complex issue after a fracture. Uh, there was an improper casting and a lot of fascia and connective tissue ended up uh, locking up his big toe. 
So he couldn't get into full extension with his big toe and it caused a massive uh, skin irritation whenever he would play his Friday night football game and it would basically rip the skin off the tip of his toe and he'd be in excruciating pain. Well, um, any holiday weekend, any three-day weekend, he'd fly down and do two-a-day appointments with me uh, and we were able to really make a massive impact and actually uh, refer him and get him into the hands of another surgeon uh, in Indiana, uh, Indianapolis, that was a specialist in this uh, condition. So uh, we got him part of the way. We solved surgically uh, some of his issues through uh, some connections that we had. So, you know, you never know who might be going through something that has think that they've tried everything, that they're on the verge of giving up. And all it takes is just a referral, a phone call, a recommendation, physically telling them, pick up the phone, give this number a call. I know a guy. So we'd love to uh, get those referrals for some people who have been dealing with complex issues that haven't really responded to uh, the traditional means of therapy, rehab, or the medical uh, uh kind of system that has potentially let somebody down. So shoot them our way. Well, let's get right to it. I know I've uh, kind of teased the interview. And uh, if you're a golfer, you're probably like, hey, get to it already. So here's our interview with Dr. Jake Berman. Once I knew that I was honing in on golf performance, everybody was telling me, you got to get TPI certified, get the TPI certification. So I looked into it. And the first thing that I saw right out of the gate was how detailed the TPI certification was. I mean, they're looking at everything from wrist mobility, ankle mobility, strength, and all of this stuff of the whole entire body. And I'm going, well, my perfect client who's 70 years old, whose only concern is to be able to hit the ball farther, it doesn't really matter how much mobility their foot and ankle has or their wrist has. I mean, all of this stuff is irrelevant for them. I think it's the TPI is very relevant for 20 and 30-year-olds. It just was not relevant at all for what I was doing and what I was seeing. And that's what ultimately led me to develop my own method where I spent two to three years doing my own case studies looking at objective measures saying, okay, what is it that gives us the most bang for our buck specifically for an aging golfer? Is it mobility of the hip? Is it thoracic mobility? Is it core strength? Is it hip strength? What is it? And I ended up coming up with 10 things that I measure and I look at that are specific to an aging golfer and it gives you a ton of bang for your buck. And that's the biggest difference. Sure. So like you mentioned carryover from an injury to just a performance side of things. So what are the common injuries that uh, say, hey, this is actually affecting one, my golf game or the enjoyment of my golf game consistency on the golfer just has shut people down from golf completely. What are those kind of injuries that you see most commonly? The number one by far is back pain. I mean, back pain is the most common thing that takes golfers out of the race, especially aging golfers. And it's not because of what the majority thinks. The majority of the population is comfortable with the idea that golfing is bad for your back because all they see is Tiger Woods and he's had five back surgeries and it's obviously bad because look at Tiger. But what you don't realize is when the golf swing is performed correctly, there's no stress on the lumbar spine at all. 
because as we know as physical therapists, the lumbar spine is not meant to rotate. It's meant to bend and extend. So bend forward and bend backwards. The problem is when you don't use your hips and your thoracic spine, which are meant to rotate, when you don't use those in the golf swing, then you're forced to use your lumbar spine, and that's when everything goes to crap, and that's when the injuries occur. So, yeah, there's knee issues, shoulder issues, neck issues, but nothing really takes people out of the game of golf more than back pain because people will pay play through knee pain they'll play through shoulder pain and neck pain but it's really hard to swing a golf club with back pain right and a lot of people like you brought up kind of the tiger woods uh kind of analogy here people kind of always banging on hey tiger woods in his back but people don't realize that that dude just for recreational purposes was going out and doing navy seal training and jumping and falling up jumping over walls and doing crazy heavy lifting and and you know, and this was all before it was ever reported. He was just, you know, secretly going out as, you know, billionaires do and do really odd things. So just for his own edification. So, uh, yeah, people miss that kind of little piece of the, the, the puzzle. It's, it wasn't the golf swing that beat up his lower back. It was the abuse he put on his body doing other weird things. <laughs> we talk about kind of because we talk about like the, the lower back being more of a hinge of flex, flexion extension. It's more or less, I mean, when we talk about it as PTs, we understand kind of the orientation of the facet joints, and that's why that's the critical component of movement. And you talk about rotation in the thoracic spine. Like, what is the what is the source of this loss of range of motion elsewhere in the body? Do you have you kind of uh, honed in on kind of how these fifty and sixty year olds start to lose this mobility? Is this just natural aging? Is it a lack of uh, self care to maintain this mobility? Like, how does this happen? Love it. So. That question you might want to say is very similar to the chicken or the egg. Is this a normal part of aging or is it a general, uh, you're not treating your body the way that you should over the years, which is causing it. And I prefer to think it's the other one because one of my favorite sayings in my PT world is he who rests rots. So you don't get uh, old and stiff, you get stiff and then you get old. So if you keep moving, then you should maintain the mobility. So the number one thing that I found is posture, meaning that when you have a gradual, gradual decline in what I call efficient posture, so not, not as extreme as old man posture where you got this huge rounded back and your chin's reaching forward and you're looking at the ground as you're walking. Not necessarily that bad. I mean, we're talking about the difference of an eighth of an inch is what can make or break thoracic rotation. And I've got tons of videos demonstrating this on my YouTube channel where I'll stand in what I call perfect posture and thoracic mobility is three times what it is if I go into just an eighth down, you know, an eighth of an inch into bad posture because it locks the thoracic spine. So as physical therapists know, when you go into flexion, the thoracic spine does not rotate anymore. It can't. It's locked. It's biomechanically impossible to rotate it. But if you're still doing a backswing, you're going to get that rotation from somewhere else. And that's when you start arm swinging it and wrapping the damn club around your neck and reverse seeing your low back. And that's what screws everything up. 
For sure. So um, we talk about kind of just picking up slack and then losing that mobility. And I mean, for me, I'm more of an overhead athlete uh, PT. So I see that a ton in baseball. And it's these kids that are stuck at the computer. They're now doing Chromebooks nonstop, even since COVID. Uh, when they were home, now it's all video games as entertainment. So you start to see that flexion. And now you're trying to get into an overhead position with external rotation in the shoulder. You're, you're doomed for impingement. So it's interesting to see that those kind of things in the thoracic spine you see correlated to that rotation in the golf swing. It's, it's you know, posture is everything. And perfect posture is everything. Exactly. Well, so what uh, – in terms of trying to restore kind of this spinal extension, like what, uh, what are some of the techniques you're using? I mean, obviously we're not going to, you know, pull the curtain back and give, give away all the secrets, but what, uh, is this more low grade passive stretching? Does this require uh, a whole lot more manual therapy or soft tissue work? Or how do we, how do we restore this stuff? How do we go about kind of fixing, uh, this posture? Neither, none of those. So we're not doing any stretching. We're not doing any manual therapy at all. So this is completely separate from physical therapy. We don't even go into the treatment room at all. This is 100% muscle activation, body awareness. And if we want to use PT terminology, it's neuromuscular reeducation. So retraining your brain. How do you find thoracic extensors? Because nobody knows where the thoracic extensors are or how to activate them. They start moving their shoulder blades all around and it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm improving it. Well, those are scapular muscles. Those are not your thoracic extensors. So trying to find those first and foremost, getting the core firing, the, specifically the obliques, not just the rectus or any of the other big vanity core muscles, but the obliques for rotary mo motions. And then the biggest thing is being able to find and activate your glutes because one of the biggest buzzwords or terms in the golf world the past couple of years with all of these big hitters on tour is ground reaction forces. You got to use the ground. You got to fire the glutes. And I can tell you with 100% honesty, with every single person that I've ever worked with from a plus golfer scratch golfer to a 30 handicapper who's been working on firing their glutes, zero of them, zero of them were actually doing it because nobody yeah. taught them how to do it. That's where the neuromuscular reeducation comes into play. And that's honestly probably the biggest difference between the Berman method and the TPI certification and golf lessons is Nobody else is teaching people from a neuromuscular standpoint on how to find the muscles. It's like, yeah, I get it. Like I comprehend what you're asking me to do, but if you never trained my brain how to do it, I can't do it. You know, it's no different. Yeah, there's from kind of a term. I've seen this term come up and it's, it's rare and nobody really talks about it as they call it sensory motor amnesia. So uh, that's actually a, a, an interesting way of not being able to fire the glutes. It's truly an amnesia of your body not knowing at all how to do what you're asking it to do. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's no different for if you're a right-handed person and you can throw a baseball 100 miles an hour with your right hand, you know what it takes to throw the ball with your left hand. 
That doesn't mean you can go throw it 100 miles an hour with your left hand because of the amnesia. Your brain has no idea how to do it. So it's no different with the glutes. It's like, fire your glutes, use the ground. Okay, I know what that means, but I, I can't do it. <laughs> so how do you coach somebody who has this inability to fire it, to fire it? Like, what is it? Reps? Is it like, what's the secret sauce? Love it. Absolutely love it. And this is the secret sauce. This is the biggest thing that makes me different from everybody is I'm bypassing the interpretation phase. So little backstory first, the number one reason why aging golfers leave golf lessons more frustrated than they got there is because of what we just spent the two minutes ranting about. The golf pro will take a video of their golf swing, put it up on the screen, and then they'll take a video of McElroy's swing and put it side by side. And they'll say, see, this is the swing plane that I want you to be on. And this is what you're doing. I need you to be there. And you're going, okay, yeah, I got it, but I can't do it because you have to interpret what he's asking you to do and then try to reproduce it. So everything gets messed up in the interpretation phase. What I do is I just put you into a position that is most efficient, not necessarily from a technical standpoint, because I'm not a golf pro and I'm not trying to te teach technique. I just put you in a position and then I start pushing on you from every di different direction and say, don't let me move you. So we're just getting the muscles to react. So you don't have to think you just react. So we're bypassing the interpretation phase. And it's like, oh, I, I, I didn't know I had those muscles there. What, what is that? So that's how we're re-educating the body is. It's not repetitions. It's get into position. Don't let me move you. Get into the next position. Don't let me move you. And then we do repetitions on that over and over and over again. And these are things that we've seen kind of uh, pitching coaches in our business start to really incorporate a whole lot of is getting to these power positions and getting into almost an isometric and finding these kind of perturbations, if you would, to, to kind of find these muscle groups, to find stability somewhere within that movement chain. So it, it's cool to see that regardless of the sport, that these are methods that uh, are, one, uh, working, and two, like, it, it crosses over to all kind of avenues of, of movement. So that's, that's, uh, you know, exciting for a, a PT nerd like myself. Perfect. So, well, I mean, other than kind of the, the Berman method, so you're seeing a lot of folks in clinic, but like, do you have remote type trainings? Are you uh, putting out information through uh, other methods, like a book that somebody could purchase and get a, get a hold of your information? What are you doing to help the masses? Yeah, so one of the first things that I did was I wrote a book, The Berman Method of Golf Performance, just outlining it. So it's a simple airplane read. You can get it off Amazon. You can get it off the website, BermanGolf.com. You can get it and read through it real quick. But what it does is it gives you immediately actionable tips and tricks, and it comes with pictures and resources to really simplify it. And then over the past year, we've gained a ton of traction nationally and internationally on our YouTube channel, Berman Golf on YouTube. And I was going, okay, well, these people in different states and different countries, they're not going to come into the clinic for my one-on-one -on -one session. So what do I do? 
And that ultimately led me to developing our online program where I got a six module online program that goes straight to your inbox and you can do it at your own pace. And then we also, because of the COVID world, we do Zoom sessions now. So yesterday I had a Zoom call with one of my guys from the UK, five hour time difference, but you know, we're doing the same thing virtually that I can do in person and we're, we're expanding the reach. So it's been a ton of fun these past six months, especially with the expansion and the reach that we've gotten. That's awesome. So what would you say your split is now for somebody who's injured, somebody's in pain and limited versus just coming in straight for performance? How many patients go that way versus that way? Yeah, what's the split between an, an injured golfer coming in with a specific kind of pain or condition versus somebody who's just seeking you out to try to uh, outdrive their buddies? I don't know if a split is the right way to say it because it's two separate businesses now. So the physical therapy business okay. is still seeing the golfers with back pain as normal and just getting more traction as the years go on versus this golf business. This is the new thing that's starting to gain traction. So it's really a completely different demographic. It's not the same person. Of course, they can translate with, um, sure between each other, but it's a completely different demographic, different target audience. Cause you know, it's funny you say that cause it brings up a good point. When I, when I first started, when I first officially started marketing Berman golf, I was marketing golf without back pain and we got crickets. Nobody cared about Nobody. golfing without back pain. And I'm going, what the heck, man? Back pain is the number one thing that takes you out of golfing, but you don't care about it. And it wasn't until I refined the message and said, move your body better, hit the ball farther, strike the ball more consistently. Then it started blowing up and they're like, yeah, I've had back pain for 20 years. I don't care about that. I just want the ball to go farther. Like they'll be crippled if they can crawl up to the tee box and still bomb it 200 yards off the tee and crawl back to the golf cart. They don't care about the back pain. Right. And I'm sure you're probably seeing a bit of just the performance side actually affecting them talking about their back pain. Exactly. Yes. Because you solve for one, you get the other. Exactly. So, I mean, other than back pain, what else are you seeing in the clinic on the PT side of things? What other kind of golf-related injuries uh, are, are pretty common for you guys to get? Knee pain is the, the big one because so many people are diagnosed with bone-on-bone bone and they go down the wrong treatment protocol because of their bone on bone, meaning they'll get injections or they'll go to the cookie cutter PTs and they're not fully getting the right care. So it just continues to deteriorate in the wrong direction. And the problem with a painful knee, not even bone on bone, even if it's just a painful knee, that's not bone on bone, especially if it's your left knee for a right-handed golfer is you start to protect it. And when you protect it, you leave the left knee bent when you're trying to get through the ball. And if from a biomechanical standpoint, if you have a bent left knee, your rotation is locked. You can't rotate. You can't finish the swing. You cannot get your belt buckle to the swing, uh, belt buckle to the target. 
So you ultimately end up arm swinging, and that's where the downward death spiral of the aging golfer really starts to occur is when you can't finish a swing because of knee pain, you're pretty much done. And that's when people give up versus what I've found is even with a bone-on-bone knee, and this blows people's mind, every time I tell them, I know your knee is crap. Okay, let's say it's crap. You need to chop it off, but you're not going to. I want you to straighten that knee as much as you possibly can through impact, and you'll be amazed at how much you can rotate your body, and it's not going to hurt. You're going to hurt your knee way more if you try to keep it bent than if you try to straighten it as much as you possibly can. And they're like, what? That doesn't make sense. I'm like, trust me. It's going to take the pressure off of your knee if you try to straighten it and let the body naturally rotate versus your knee decelerating your golf swing. Come on. So, I mean, you brought up something, and I want to kind of dig into that a little bit more because us PTs – Kind of know what you're talking about. Uh, some of the people who have been to uh, your clinic or mine know what cookie cutter PT is, but that was something you'd said. So, uh, like, what's the difference between like just going to somebody who's you know uh, in somebody's network or part of the HMO group or whatever is is local to you that you would consider cookie cutter versus going to somebody who's specialist? Like, what is what does cookie cutter PT look like? Love it. So most people think of physical therapy as a commodity. The gas station on the right side of the road is selling it for $350 a gallon. The gas station on the left side of the road is selling it for $375 a gallon. I'm going to the one on the right because all gas is the same. So people tend to think of physical therapy that way. Okay, this one's in network. My insurance is accepted there, so I'm going to go there versus this other one that's got way better marketing and way better pictures. They're not in my network. So I'm not going to go there. Uh, And they end up going to what I call a a cookie cutter PT clinic, which is most of the time when you accept insurances, because of the natural downslide of this crappy corporate medical system that we've had for the past 20 years, PT clinics have to see a minimum of two patients an hour, usually three to four and sometimes even five patients an hour to make a profit because at the end of the day, it's business, right? It's not pro bono. It's not charity. So these big corporate physical therapy systems, they've got to see three to four patients an hour and it's all about productivity. And when that happens, you're essentially on an assembly line where you might see the physical therapist for 10 minutes. And then that PT is handing you off to a non-qualified aide That's going to take you through your stretches and exercises, probably just some high school kid that, you know, is trying to look for some extra money on the side. And this is the thing right here. The thing that makes us different in the physical therapy world from everybody else, in my opinion, is it is unacceptable for you to do an exercise if it's not 100% correct. Meaning not 98% correct, not 97. It has to be 100% correct because if it's 95% correct, that means it's 5% incorrect. And if it's 5% incorrect, you're not going to be getting the value. And if you're having some aid or some technician that isn't the expert take you through a movement that they have no idea what is correct and what's not correct, there's... 0% chance that it's going to be 100% correct. 
So that's the cookie cutter world. And you, you justify it by saying, yeah, I went to physical therapy three times a week for six weeks and it didn't work. I did my job. They took my insurance. I did my job. Bullshit. Pay your pay for uh, pay for it out of your pocket. Go to somebody that's going to focus on you and get what you pay for. Damn soapbox. <laughs> we could go on and on about it. I mean, I don't probably talk about it enough in my podcast for for our clients to kind of get a, a better understanding of that. But that is that's that's how it is. Like you said, it's four or five plus patients an hour. It's an aide, an assistant, a volunteer, or a student who is maybe even just learning the trade. That does you're teaching people that don't understand the depths of why you need to learn what you need to learn in terms of movement. Trying to teach you, it's it's brutal. It is truly brutal what's going on in the PT world. It's abusive to the PTs who are working in that environment, and I I hate to see that for our brothers and sisters burning out in PT, kind of having to treat 20, 30 patients a day. It's insane. It's funny you say that because we just had an interview with a PTA, and he just did his full shadow day yesterday. We make every provider do a full shadow day before we even think about making any offers. And 30 to 40 patients a day is his average. And I'm going, how? How do you do that? (laughs) And he goes, you just crank him out. You're just doing a lot of pointing. He's got aids in these high school kids. And he's like, all right, I need you to have him do this stretch and that. And I'm going, and this clinic is just raking it in. I mean, like stripper money. Where's the rake at? Let's rake it in. And nobody's getting better. Yeah. And and it's insane because like, uh, and I'm not naming names, but there's a clinic across the street doing the same kind of volume. But uh, they got themselves in a little bit of trouble because, like, that PTA is having to build an hour of productivity, four units of productivity. So you saw 30 patients, you build 30 hours. You worked eight. How does that add up? Well, the state board comes down and said, well, you know what? You're actually going to pay these fines, and you're going to have to be countersigned by somebody who actually didn't get dinged with a license. So they hire a student or, or a new grad to sign off on all the veteran PT's notes because, you know, is that ethical to build 30 hours of work in an eight hour day? Questionable. So it put P- it puts PTs in a terrible situation. Their license is on the line for, for what? Like it's incredible. It truly is. So long story short, go see a PT who knows what they're doing. Who's going to give you one-on-one care, personalized attention, has that kind of critical eye to make, be able to make sure you're moving at 100% efficiency, so you can get the outcome you're looking for, whether that be banging the, the driver 300 down the middle or, or throwing a 95-mile-an-hour fastball without arm pain. I love it. I mean, this is a perfect example where it doesn't matter if you're in baseball, golf. It doesn't matter what the sport is. It's so easy for the athlete to justify spending a ridiculous amount of money on the equipment. I mean, a driver, for example, a brand new driver, a custom fit driver, thousand, two thousand dollars. And then when I tell these people, yeah, it's going to be 350 bucks for an hour of my time, they go, what? Are you like, are you serious? That's a little pricey, don't you think? And I said, didn't you just get done telling me that you you spent fifteen hundred dollars, a hundred dollars a session, fifteen hundred dollars 
going to a golf pro that just frustrated the shit out of you and you didn't get any better at all. And now here I'm telling you that I have a 100% success rate with every single golfer who's ever done a one-on-one program with me. Literally, that's no bullshit. It's a 100% success rate to this day that everybody that I've worked with has gotten better. Have you ever met a golf pro that has said the same thing? So do you think I should be charging $100 or should I be charging what I'm actually worth? You know, you get what you pay for, man. Why are we so cheap when it comes to our health care? But that was the other thing is they likely bought the $1,000 driver to try to solve a problem that you yourself, they could have kept their old driver and gotten better results because they probably <laughs> bought the driver because they needed a new one. They were trying to hit it longer and straighter. Exactly. It wasn't the driver. So it's the same kind of thing that we see, particularly in PT. We look at an athlete or we look at a golfer like a pyramid. The foundations of that pyramid needs to be your functional movement. Then it's strength and conditioning. And then the final top part of the pyramid is skill. But where people spend uh, all of their money is on the skill. They they get the, the performance coach. They get everything else. They buy the equipment and spend their money at the top of the pyramid rather than focusing on the foundations of their movement. Love it. And that is a perfect segue into one of the first chapters in my golf book. I wrote about this. I say it's the four pillars of golf. So I call them the four pillars of golf that make up your golf game. And I equate that to four tires on a race car because it's easier to understand. If you want a race car to perform optimally, all four tires need to have equal and optimal air pressure in the tires and the car will run great. So the four pillars are mentality, physicality, technique, and strategy. All right, so let's start with strategy. Strategy is the easiest one. I usually hit the driver 150 yards off the tee. There's a bunker out there 150 yards, so I'm not going to hit the driver. I'm going to hit a long iron or a wood or something else. So that's strategy. Mentality, the hardest six inches in golf, that's between your ears, right? You're standing over a putt and you should make this three foot putt, but you completely whiff it and miss it. So that's mentality. And then technique. This is where everybody spends the money. This is going to the golf pro and getting golf lessons. That's swing plane, golf grip, your golf setup. So your clubs and then physical, nobody wants to spend money on the physical. So if we look at all four of these tires, strategy tire that's pretty filled up there's really no lacking air pressure there mentally mentality that's usually pretty good because we're not on tour if you're an amateur golfer usually you're not getting in your own way you know you're usually doing pretty good and then technically that's usually the one that has the most air pressure in the tire because you're just pouring money into the golf pro and trying to get better and then you're running on a fourth flat you know, your, your physical tire is just flat and you're wondering why you can't win the race. And it's like, what the hell? Stop the insanity. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a great point. It, it truly is. I mean, everything needs to be firing on all cylinders for you to, to have optimal performance. And it's, it's funny that you say that as far as like the one tire that's probably getting changed regardless of it needing to be changed every six months and the money being poured into the one tire while the other's sitting flat and you're running on a rim. Exactly. 
Well, I, I know you mentioned kind of the two avenues of the business. You, you mentioned the kind of golf performance and uh, the PT side. Is there anything else kind of uh, that you've got going on, uh, Jay? We have a health and wellness aspect too. So my wife, she's a physician assistant and she specializes in all natural gut healing. So functional medicine, healing from the inside out, getting off medications, a lot of dietary changes. And she opened up Berman Health and Wellness two years ago. So there's a lot of crossover between physical therapy, health and wellness and golf performance, because if you think about it, it makes perfect sense. Because you're trying to go out there and whack a golf ball around for four to five hours in the heat, and nobody is fueling their body the way that you should. So you wonder why you know you had a great front nine and you fell off a cliff on the back nine and it's going, man, I, I just don't know why it just went to crap. It's because you had good blood sugar and then all of a sudden your blood sugar just fell off a cliff too and you, you can't do it anymore. So a lot of my high-performing golfers will end up going and working with my wife, too, because she will do everything a seven-day thing, not just a five-hour stretch. And it completely changes your ability to pour, pu- excuse me, perform on the golf course. And we're talking about amateur golfers. So I'm talking about 60, 70, 80-year-olds that are trying to shoot in the 80s. So I'm not talking about pros and it's completely changing their ability to have a really successful game compared to shooting in the 90s or maybe not even breaking 100. So that's been a lot of fun watching her come in and contribute to the program, too. That's fantastic. I would say it's probably not blood sugar with me. It might be the Michelob Ultras somewhere <laughs> in the <laughs> – I'm sure a few golfers have blamed that uh... – that back nine didn't go so well because of uh, what they had on the turn. <laughs> yeah, that's um, for sure. Any other por- pearls you want to give us something from the book or, or something that you, uh, you need the audience to kind of know about or learn about that uh, you want to share with us before we uh, wrap up? The biggest thing that I want people to know is that golf lessons do not work. If you're over the age of 60 And the reason why you're getting golf lessons is because you want to hit the ball farther or if you want to get better ball contact or even worse, if you're trying to be able to play without back pain or knee pain. They just don't work. And this has nothing. This is nothing against golf pros. Love golf pros. I know tons of them that I refer to all the time. It's just that golf pros are not experts in biomechanics. They're experts in technique. And if you're over the age of 60, your body does not move the way that it did at 40 or 50. So the technical, the technical aspect that your coach or your pro is trying to teach you is irrelevant if your body's not physically capable of doing it. So I'll say it again. Golf lessons do not work. If you're over the age of 60 and you're going to golf lessons to try to hit the ball farther, you're wasting your money. I've, in all the years that I've been doing this, I've not had a single client that has come to me who's been over the age of 60 that said, yeah, I was getting lessons and he helped me gain 20 yards off the tee. But what I can say is I've got a whole wall of success over here of people that I've done exactly that for. I mean, look at this. This is These are real people, real numbers 
video testimonials. So none of this is fake. These are real numbers that we're gaining, helping people off the tee. And these are all over 60. There's nobody on that wall that's under uh, under 60. So there's my preach. There's my, my last cell right there. <laughs> so don't go to TPI. Go to Jake Berman. <laughs> that's right. So awesome. So hit us again with all the ways to get a hold of you. If somebody on uh, our podcast wants to get a hold of you, get a hold of your book, uh, where else can we find you? BermanGolf.com is the website. YouTube has a ton of videos on it, a lot of traction on YouTube. So go search Berman Golf on YouTube. And then we also got the golf podcast. It's called The Long Golf Podcast or The Long Golf Balls Podcast. Dr. Jake Berman, check that out. And I think we're almost up to 40 episodes on that. Our other podcast is around 120. Me and my wife, we get in there and banter a lot, the Berman Method podcast. But BermanGolf.com will give you everything. YouTube, ton of great videos on there. Fantastic. Great information, Jake. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you uh, probably in October at the next event that, uh, that we're a part of. So thanks again for joining us. That was awesome. Thank you, sir. So there he goes, Dr. Jake Berman. A lot of great information there. Really love talking to that guy. He's always a bundle of energy whenever I uh, we get together uh, and see each other in some of the uh, uh, business courses that we uh, attend together. So uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, on to the product that we love. Joint NutriCare. Uh, I've mentioned several times in the podcast, but I am stoked to have Formula One back. So we have been really promoting a lot of Formula Two, the anti-inflammatory benefits of Joint NutriCare Formula Two. Formula One is back, and I, as I said, am stoked. So this is your high-quality collagen types 1, 2, 5, and 10. It's great for cartilage and connective tissue support. And for the remainder of the month, um, since it's back, we're doing a bundle. So, uh, and we love bundles and deals here. So, uh, typically 60 bucks a bottle, you buy them both, you get it for a hundred bucks. So let's get uh, 10 bucks off each bottle of joint NutriCare. If you've been on it, great news. It's on sale. Uh, if you've never tried it, great news. It's on sale. Get yourself some joint NutriCare. Uh, a lot of people take supplements just saying, Hey, look, I know I need to take something. I know it's good for me, but they don't necessarily feel it. Uh, man, uh, I brag about it. It's not just, um, you know, sales tactic here. I'm a personal believer in this. It's something I'm on every single day. Uh, it's all part of my, my morning re regime every, every morning. Um, we love the stuff. I believe in it. It should be something that you feel. Some people will say even within the first dosage, I think that may be a little uh, psychological, but within the first one to two weeks, people are really beginning to notice a difference with joint NutriCare. So if you've never tried it, let's give it a shot. So how do you get your hands on Joint NutriCare? Well, the good news is uh, not only do we carry it in-house, but it's also on our website. So we have been um, focused and, and partnered with uh, Dr. Jeff Hubbard, uh, physical therapist locally here uh, and inventor of Joint NutriCare, helping them get it into the hands of the community because I believe in the product so much. Uh, I'm kind of bending over backwards, trying to get it into as many people's hands as possible. So it's available on our website, uh, formfunctionpt.com. So go there, check it out, 
and you can purchase direct from website. So since golf has been uh, really more the, the topic of the month, and if you've been on our social media, you'll see that we, uh, we actually did some uh, uh, filming out at the golf course and had our own tips and tricks. So go check those out over at uh, our Instagram and where else you can find us online at Form Function PT. But um, how does one distribute stress through the body to avoid ligament and joint and tendon injuries. So the big key to me is always rotational spinal mobility, because when we get so restricted, there's compensation everywhere, up and down the chain. If we don't rotate through the spine, then that rotation is going to occur in your hips, in your knees, in your ankles. Uh, We are going to be inefficient at distributing stress. So you'll see shoulder, neck, elbow, uh, wrist issues Uh, begin to crop up as well. So for us, even when we see a lot of these issues in clinic, yeah, we go focus on those specific joint areas that are are painful, but we look up and down the chain to see where there may be some deficits that are actually the true source of your issues. And almost always we see deficits in rotational spinal mobility. Now, going back to that uh, podcast, where does rotation come from? It's actually more up the chain because the lumbar spine is a primary uh, bender and extender to reach down, touch toes, and to backbend. There's some small amounts of movement that do occur in those segments, but that's the primary mover. It's those segments above through the thoracolumbar and thoracic spine in particular where the vast majority of rotation is and where it becomes most restricted because we sit, because we drive, because we've got uh, a, a society that is a bit more sedentary than we've been in, uh, in ancient times. So uh, we got to make sure that rotational spinal mobility is, and is really corrected and that it's balanced left to right because golf is a rotational sport primarily unidirectionally. If I golf uh, as a right-handed golfer, My take back is to my right and I follow through to my left. So I'm moving right to left over and over and over. And if you're not very good at golf, it's just more strokes. So it could be a hundred plus times in a round. uh, If you're not so great, you know, 80 or fewer, if you're pretty darn good. Uh, So we got to make sure that if we're putting a hundred reps of improper movement across the spine that it begins to become balanced out and that we've got enough movement to share the load over those movements. So our question of the month is actually golf related as well. So it truly relates to the warm up. So what is the best way to warm up on the golf course from a physical therapist standpoint? Well, warm up can actually occur even before you get in the car on your way to the course. But generally, if you've got a ways to go to get there, the likelihood is that there will be a bit of a cool down. So if we can, a hot shower in the morning to get the tissues to begin to move. If there's heat available within the seats of the car to begin to get some blood flow and circulation going, that's great. If not, then when we get there, we've got to take the time to get through a proper warm-up. So assuming that all your joints are in good stead, that there's no significant injury that you're trying to work around on the golf course, then getting to the point of getting some squats, getting some blood flow and circulation into the large muscle groups of the body, uh, possibly some front and lateral lunges to get some hip mobility going. And then for me, once again, as always, I'm always the spinal rotation um, proponent. So you've got to begin to rotate the spine. So even if it's some dry rotations just from standing, twisting the spine left and right, taking a golf club, not even necessarily through a swing, but to actually have an implement in your hand to extend that lever arm to kind of get a little bit extra uh, twist and uh, rotation into the spine to get some blood flow circulation, nutrition across the joints to begin to get your body moving. So for me, 
start beforehand. It will make your warm-up go that much faster when you get to the course. And make sure that we hit the large prime mover muscles and that spinal rotation is always, always, always a component of your warm-up. And on to our patient spotlight. So this month we wanted to shout out Luke Armstrong. He's been with us for uh, quite some time uh, from really a pretty uh, significant injury. It doesn't sound like a finger injury would be all that bad, but he was uh, playing some sand volleyball, uh, jammed his hand into the sand, and ended up uh, with his fourth finger, uh, that uh, that joint dislocated. So uh, having lost some range of motion in the finger, uh, you know, for some may not be that much of a, a, a big deal, but uh, Luke's passion and his direction in his future is all music related. So the piano and instruments and the, the creation of music was really uh, what Luke was trying to get back to. And uh, he's doing it beautifully now. We're going to uh, connect some of Luke's uh, links to his music uh, so we can shout him out and you guys can check out what Luke does. Really talented guy, uh, former uh, college athlete, basketball player as well. So not only a great athlete, but uh, a good musician as well. So go check him out. Uh, Give Luke a listen. Share it with anybody else in the music industry. We'd love to see him uh, succeed. So that's it, guys. Thanks for listening in. Uh, give us your feedback. Always would love to hear how we did. If you like what you like, what you don't like, what you want to hear more of. Uh, again, any questions that you have that you want us to address on the podcast, if you've got that question, hundreds if not thousands of other people have probably had the same question and just don't have the uh, access to ask it. So feel free. Shoot us through whatever method. Info at Form Function PT is our email address any of our social at formfunctionpt.com. Go to our website. Find us that way, formfunctionpt.com. We'd love to hear from you. So thanks for listening. Don't forget, book your next stretch session. Uh, Assisted stretching is going good here, so uh, we'd love to keep you moving and healthy. And don't forget, Formula 1 and Formula 2, joint NutriCare, 100 bucks this month. So save yourself 20 and uh, get some of the highest quality joint support supplements and anti-inflammatory supplements available on the market today. Go get it. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next one.